everybody. Welcome to the HTO podcast. I am so glad you had an opportunity to come by. Let's do Bible study together. So what will you need today? Um, well, we, you will need Romans chapter 12. And uh, I would actually look at it in the Passion Translation. That's what I'm going to be reading from. You can find this on BibleGateway.com. And uh, one tip is that I would go ahead and print it out if you don't have a hard copy. And then that way you can jot your notes down, questions, anything that you, you know, come up with during this study time. Again, uh, I would grab your highlighters, your journals, pencils, pens. And here's a tip. Also set your environment. Put on your favorite candle um, put on background music if you can. But so what does this do? This will create an, an environment so that it's pleasant for you and it creates that memory so that every time you go to study God's word, that it's something that you look forward to because you've created a pleasant memory, a pleasant experience. So with that said, grab your robe, your favorite blanket, your fuzzy socks if it's cold where you are and just settle in with God. We are going to start by using a technique I call scripturally or spiritually focused breathing. And that's where we combine breathing with focusing in on God's word. Now remember the breath is the actual word. You can write this in your journal is the Hebrew word is R-U-A-C-H and you say Ruach, the Ruach of God. Okay. That's the Hebrew word for breath. And then the Greek word is P N E U M A, which is pneuma. That's the same. There's the Hebrew word and the Greek word for wind, breath, or spirit. Okay. This, um, both words are commonly used in, in passages referring to the Holy Spirit. Now the, the word is actually first used in the Bible and it appears in the second verse where it says the spirit of God or the Ruach Elohim was hovering over the water. So write down Genesis one verse two. In Genesis 6, 17, the Ruach is translated breath of life. So that's why we do this because we are actually breathing in the breath of life. It says in his word that God breathed into Adam the breath of life through his nostrils. So we're going to breathe in through our nostrils and then we're going to exhale through, through our nostrils. Okay. Just to remind us that we depend on the very breath of the almighty. And then jot this down. Genesis eight, one uses the Ruach to describe the wind that God sent over the earth to recede the floodwaters. Altogether, the word Ruach is found almost 400 times in the old Testament. So often when the Old Testament talks about the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of God, the word for spirit is Ruach. Okay. So we're going to breathe in. And what I normally do is I inhale for three. And remember this all takes place through your nostrils. I inhale for three. I exhale for usually seven. Um, you don't have to do seven. All you want to do is make sure you're intentionally exhaling through your nostrils, you're intentionally slowing down the breath so that you can actually just focus in on his word. And so let me go ahead and we'll listen to this scripture. And it's, I stand silently to listen for the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. 
for God alone has become my savior. He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? So breathe in for three through your nostrils. Count of three, one, two, three. Breathe in and exhale slowly. Again, let me read the scripture. I stand silently to listen for the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my savior. He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? Inhale through your nostrils for three. Exhale through your nostrils, slow it down. Last time we'll focus in and I'm going to intentionally read the scripture slowly. I stand silently to listen for the one I love waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me for God alone has become my savior. He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? Let's breathe in for the last time. Inhale slowly for three. Exhale slowly, slow it down. Okay, so hopefully you're just feeling rested and you just feel that shalom and peace of God. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for being our Abba Father. We thank your son for going before us, serving as our perfect lamb and sacrifice. He humbled himself on our behalf and conquered death, hell, and the grave. Thank you for reconciling us back to you and allowing us to experience uninterrupted fellowship with you. We don't have the words that would adequately express our gratitude. We thank you for leaving and giving us your living holy word to experience fellowship with you. Thank you, God, for being the supreme ruler in our lives. Heavenly Father, we praise you today, and we thank you for being our comforter and friend. Father, breathe your spirit upon us today like never before. We humbly yield to you and ask you for everything we need this day, for you are our daily bread. Father, as we read your holy word, may we continue to understand the life you have planned for us. Help us to understand your precepts and guidance for our lives. 
help us to make the holy edits, deletions, updates, and changes to our lives. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that will guide us into all truth. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So you can just take this time if, if the Holy Spirit's leading you into a time of worship and just worship God and just tell him who he is to you, what he means to you, how much you adore him, how much you thank him, how much you blow him up and make him bigger than anything else in your life. Don't allow uh, the, the cadence or the speed of this podcast to stop you from doing whatever God is leading you to do at this time. So with that said, let's go to John 17, verse three. We're going to look at this scripture in the Amplified Bible um, to remind us of why we do what we do. Uh, the question is, what is our why? And John 17, verse three answers this for us. And this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, recognize, become acquainted with, and understand you. The only true and real God, and likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. That's in John 17, verse 3 in the Amplified. And so, that's we're just we need to remind ourselves that we don't read the word as, you know, getting brownie points for the day. We read the word so that we would get to know God, understand to try to we'll never fully understand him because because he's beyond our ways. He's beyond our thoughts. But with the Bible, just studying his word gets gives him an opportunity to show us about him and to show us about ourselves and also for us to learn about Jesus Christ, that great, uh, the great part of, of, the, of God, God himself in the flesh who walked this earth, the Messiah, the Holy One. And so we're going to be like the Bereans found in Acts 17 verses 10 through 11. We're going to be like them and we're going to reason and we're going to study together. So I hope you are doing this Bible study with me already and you're already feeling blessed. And so this week we're going to do a name of God and that name is Yahweh. And Yahweh is the Hebrew name for God. And it is represented, write this in your journal. It is the tetragrammation or four letters. It's Y-H. VH sometimes written or YHWH. And in your journal, you can write down the Y is YOD, the H is HEH, and then the V is VAV, and then the H is HEH. Okay, and then, like I said, some manuscripts um, transliterated that into YHWH. And then they took uh, Adonai and some of the other vowels in some of the names of God, combined it. And so now we have the name Yahweh. And remember, this was because it was his name is so holy that they refused to actually even pronounce the name of God. So you can find this on gotquestions.org uh, if you want to read uh, into this extensively. The title of it is What is YHWH and What is the Tetragrammation? You could find that again on gotquestions.org.
org. So as we continue on, and I just want to make a small correction. I did say earlier the passion translation. I apologize. It is the voice translation. So if you want to go ahead and start, pause the video. I'm sorry, pause the podcast and take a look at that on BibleGateway.com. And so we're going to look at the living sacrifice. Paul moves we've already studied up into chapter 11. So here Paul moves from a dis doctrinal discussion to a practical discussion for Christian doctrine translates into action. The first 11 chapters of this letter that we're studying reveal God's mercy to sinners and that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. The last five chapters, okay, of Romans explain our obligation to God. So here's, listen to this note, and it's from the Life Application New Testament Commentary. You can actually find that on Amazon if you'd like to buy that resource. And it's, if the early message of the letter is the way we all can come to God through Christ, then the closing part of Romans is the way we can all live for God in Christ. In view of all God has done for us, how can we respond in a way that is pleasing to him? So here's the overview of the first of chapter Romans chapter 12. And this is taken from the disciples literal new Testament again on Bible Gateway. So there are a few sections that you can write down right now. The first section is I urge you to present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice and renew your mind. That's the first part we're going to read. The second part, think sound mindedly about yourself as God has apportioned you the faith. That's the second portion in this chapter. Then third, for we are one body in Christ. Use the gifts and faith God has given you. And then lastly, for this chapter, think diligently, act in love, faith, and holiness. So if you're ready, and again, if you need to pause the podcast so you can jot all that down, you're more than welcome. And so we're going to get started. Again, one tip I would give you is to print it out. That's the voice translation if you don't have it. And then you can use a highlighter pen or whatever to write on that actual sheet and then put it in a three ring binder so that you can keep your own personal notes as you study. So if you're ready, we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to start reading. So here we go. Voice translation, Romans chapter 12. Brothers and sisters, in light of all I have shared with you about God's mercies, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice to God, a sacred offering that brings him pleasure. This is your reasonable, essential worship. Do not allow this world to mold you in its own image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind. As a result, you will be able to discern what God's wills and whatever God finds good, pleasing, and complete. That's good. So with your highlighter, I'm going to go through with you and give you tips of what I highlighted, but in any way, whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to highlight, 
highlight that as well. So I'm just giving you what I highlighted. You can highlight that. And in addition to whatever he's uh, making come alive for you, you know, his word is active and alive. And so there's some words that will step out or, or speak to you in a loud way. So you want to highlight those. So highlight for right now, offer your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice to God. Offering our bodies is, as a living sacrifice, it requires that we daily lay aside our own desires to follow him, trusting him to guide us. And so we, we know here that you know, we were born under the first Adam. And then hopefully if you're listening to me, we're now saved. So our spirit, our eternal man is saved, but our bodies have to still be dealt with. So Paul is saying here, let's continue to offer our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. And so even in your journal, you can think about, well, how do I do that? How do I offer my body as a living and, and holy sacrifice? I'll give you one tip, for, for instance. Like right now, we're offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. I mean, you could be asleep, you could be taking a nap. But right now, you're offering your mind and your will and your emotions and your eyes and your, your reading right now. And you're offering as a sacrifice. You're, you're deciding to read God's word rather than do something, you know, like go shopping. Um, so there are several ways. And so I want you to think about that on your own time. How can we offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God? And then I highlight it. Go ahead and highlight. This brings him or it says brings him pleasure. So when we do this, we are bringing pleasure to the father. And then Paul, I highlighted essential worship says this is essential to offer our bodies as, as, as living sacrifices. It's essential and it brings God pleasure. And so then highlight or underline or circle the word transform. So Paul is saying instead be transformed from the inside out. And so I'm going to give you a resource that you can also look into. It's called the Dakes Annotated Reference Bible. And so here he, there's a note that says that transform, write down this word metamorpho, foo, for, I'm sorry, metamorpho-o is how you pronounce it. It's, write it down as M-E-T-A-M-O-R-P-H-O-O. And what does this mean? Transform means you're transfigured by a supernatural change. And this change is by a renewing of your mind or spirit. So in our mind, much of the work is done by God's spirit in us. And the tool most frequently used is God's word. This is a quote. As we memorize and meditate upon God's word, our way of thinking changes. Our minds become first informed and then conform to the pattern of God, the pattern for which we were originally designed. So what is Paul saying? Paul was saying we have to be changed from the inside out. And then he tells us how to do it by renewing our mind. And then we have to ask ourselves, well, how do I renew my mind? Well, my mind's not renewed just because I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the beginning of my salvation. My mind is renewed when I do things like this, when we read the word of God or we listen to sermons or we listen to praise and worship music. 
Paul is saying in these verses that it is essential to renew our mind. He's saying that when we offer our body as living, a living sacrifice, well, our bodies, our mind is part of our body. And that one of our primary tasks as a Christian is to renew it. Why do we have to renew it? Because we were born under the first Adam. We were born with a sinful nature. Most of our natural minds are bent towards sin. And so we have to renew it by doing Christian things like being a disciple means study God's word to show yourself approved. Approved by who? Approved by God. Approved by God. So listen to this note from the voice translation. Paul urges those who read and hear this letter to respond to the good news by offering their bodies, that's their eyes, their ears, their mouths, their hands, their feet, and again, their minds, to God as a living sacrifice. Paul knows well enough that sacrifices end in death, not life. But the sacrifice of Jesus changes everything. His resurrection steals life from death. Listen to that. So in other words, his resurrection canceled death for us. And it makes it possible for those who trust in him to become a sacrifice and yet live. But how do we live? We do not live as before, wrapping ourselves in the world and its bankrupt values. We live in constant renewal and transformation of our minds. Again, you can find that from the voice translation, BibleGateway.com. So let's think about this for a moment. That's just the first two verses. And so that's what happens when we slow down. And when we study God's word, we're not racing to get through his word. We just, we want to understand as we read. So let's see life for a moment. Let's, let's stop and pause and have a silent reflection. Here's some questions for you to think about. How do we offer our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice to God? Write that in your journal. And then a question, according to Paul, what is our reasonable and essential worship? That is an, a recall question, you know, just so that we can remember what we just read. And then what strategies do you use to, to renew your mind? What strategies do you use? If Paul's saying we need to renew our mind, we have to have a strategy to actually do it and to put the word into practice. So let's continue to read, starting with verse three. Because of the grace allotted to me, I can respectfully tell you not to think of yourselves as being more important than you are. Devote your minds to sound judgment since God has assigned to each of us a measure of faith. For in the same way that one body has so many different parts, each with different functions, we too, the many, are different parts that form one body in the anointed one. Each one of us is joined with one another and we become together what we could not be alone. That is so good. So in your Bible highlight, because of the grace allotted to me. You know, Paul is saying, hey, again, he's putting himself in a state of humility and saying, it's by the grace of God, I am who I am. It's nothing that I've done on, on my own, but because of the grace allotted or given to me. And then highlight in that same verse, verse three, sound judgment, since God has assigned to each of us a measure of faith. 
So Paul is saying, you know, we just got to be have our, our judgment needs to be based in God and it works by the faith he's given us. Okay. We all have a measure of faith. And then in verse five, you can highlight one body in the anointed one. Even though you're listening to my voice, you and I are one body in the anointed one, one body in the anointed one, because we are coming together even during this Bible study time and that we're learning together, but we all are different parts with different functions. You know, my function is part of it is to teach God's word. And then, so you have to ask yourself, well, what is my function? You know, we're all called, you know, maybe not to the, uh, legitimate or not to the specific title of being a teacher, but we all teach in our own way. And so you would want to ask God, God, what is my part in the body of Christ? You don't have to be an apostle or an evangelist. All you have to do is just ask him and he will show you how he has specifically made you to function in the body. Here's Paul's quote of the anointed one. Okay. So whatever we have in the way of our natural abilities, this is a quote or spiritual gifts, all should be used with humility for building up the body of Christ. So our gifts are used for just that purpose alone. So here's something you can write down. How do we use our gifts effectively? Well, first we, and this is from the Life Application New Testament Commentary. First, we realize that all the gifts and abilities, they come from God. And then second, Understand that not everyone has the same gifts, nor all, all of the gifts. No one has all of the gifts and then know who we are and what we do best. And we dedicate our gifts to God's service and not to our personal success. So what does that mean? You know, like for instance, you can be called to be a teacher and there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, we can earn our income by doing that, but then also, we can use that gift of teaching to help build up the body of Christ. So maybe you would teach a, a small group where you are or not even a small group. You can even just teach your family or teach a cousin or teach a sister. Even that what you're learning today, you can turn around and teach someone else. OK, and then uh, next, be willing to utilize our gifts wholeheartedly, not holding back anything from God's service. You know, so we want to give our full effort to developing the gift that God has put in, in us. If it's singing, if it's worshiping, that's what I like to use through song, then we use that wholeheartedly. You know, if it's the gift of encouragement, we use that wholeheartedly. So let's look at Paul used that phrase, the grace allotted to me by the grace allotted to me or because of the grace allotted to me. So if you go on biblehub.com, again, you can pause this and check it out real quick and then come back. You can look for, type in Romans chapter 12, and then you'll actually come to a section. If you can find in the right hand corner, you'll find something that says Strong's NASB. And that's where that you can actually see this chapter 
click on a word and it will give you the Hebrew or the Greek word. And so since we're in the New Testament, it's going to give us the Greek definition of the word grace. And on your paper or in your journal, you can write down C-H-A-R-I-S. That's uh, charis is how you can uh, pronounce that. Ka-is. And what you do is just note that that means kindness. So Paul, you could actually say this is because of the kindness allotted to me. The kindness of God. And so in Bible Hub, it says it's as a gift of blessing or blessing brought to man by Jesus Christ. It's favor. It's gratitude. And like we said, it's kindness. And we know that I love what it says here on Bible Hub. It says he is always leaning toward them. Look at that. He is always leaning toward them. The grace of God. And then it says in the same section, both refer to God freely extending himself, his favor, his grace, reaching to people because he, listen to this, is disposed to bless them or in other words, to be near them. So the grace of God, you know, a lot of times we think of grace as, okay, I messed up. And so by the grace of God, you know, all is well. Yes, that's right. By the kindness of God. But then sometimes it has nothing to do with, oh, okay, I've, I've fallen short. It's just that God is just good. He's just kind towards us. Because if you see in that scripture, Paul, you know, he's not saying this grace is not just because we are fallen creatures, but it's just because God is just kind. He leans towards you. He leans towards me. So let's continue with verse six. Since our gifts vary depending upon the kindness or grace or charis that that God poured out on each of us, it is important that we exercise the gifts we have been given. If prophecy is your gift, then speak as a prophet according to your proportion of faith. If service is your gift, then serve well. If teaching is your gift, then teach well. If you have been given a voice of encouragement, then use it often. If giving is your gift, then be generous. If leading, then be eager to get started. If sharing God's mercy, then be cheerful in sharing it. Look at that. So highlight, depending on on the grace poured out. And then you could highlight that we exercise the gift we have been, have been given. And then he goes on to list the gifts. So what is Paul saying here that depending upon the kindness of God, let's go ahead and use our gifts. He's been kind enough to us. He shaped us and formed us. You know, the potter has shaped the clay. He's formed the clay. And then he put something inside of us, a gift to be used to build and edify his kingdom. And so Paul is saying, go ahead and exercise it. Right. There's a parable uh, in the scriptures where God, Jesus talks about a person, uh, three men, and they have talents. And it says that one of them buried his 
because he was afraid that that person was a, the master was a hard man. So Paul is saying here, we don't bury our gifts. We don't bury them because someone laughed at us. We don't bury them because someone's mocking us. We don't bury them because someone didn't think that you have the gift that God has given. We exercise the gifts according uh, to the grace or the kindness of God that he has given us those gifts. And so I want you to underline the gifts. So Paul's going to go ahead and he's going to give us the, some of the gifts. Now, this is not all of the gifts. This is just in this section. So it says prophecy, highlight that or underline it. Service, that's the second one. Underline teaching. Underline, look at this, voice of encouragement. Underline giving. Underline leading. And underline sharing God's mercy. And so here's a cross reference you can write down. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, and verses 27 through 31. Okay, those will give you an additional um, additional gifts. They'll also talk about the fivefold ministry gifts: apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and pastor. Those are five more gifts. So when you look at Romans chapter 12, this is not all of the gifts. Go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians 12 verses 4 through 11 and 27 through 31. But here's the thing that we just need to remember. Take some time. Ask God if you don't know. You know, after you look at 1 Corinthians 12 and uh, all the verses that I mentioned, ask him if you don't know to show you what your gifts are so that you can exercise them. We have to know what they are before we can even use them. And then just remember this, all gifts are given and to be exercised according to the measure of faith, right? And then also here's a note on prophecy. I'm going to pivot for a second. Prophecy, see why, right? Prophecy, or sometimes you see it with an S, to prophesy, that's a verb, uh, to prophesy according to the New Testament, it is not always predicting the future. This is a quote. Often it means effectively commuting God's messages. So if you look at that first gift that he lists, prophecy, right? When you prophesy or if there's a prophecy, that's not always you're talking about the future. It's uh, where you are given the ability ability to effectively communicate God's message. Okay. So that's just a note, side note on prophecy. And then those are the other gifts. So here's the a recall call question that you can think of just to help us. According to the text, what are the seven gifts given by God to the body of Christ? Now, remember he, Paul will list seven, but you have to look at first Corinthians chapter 12 and there are additional gifts verses 4 through 11 and verses 27 through 31 pause this podcast if you need to take a look at that so let's continue with verse 9 Paul continues love others well and don't hide behind a mask love authentically despise evil pursue what is good as if your life depends on it Live in true devotion to one another, loving each other as sisters and brothers. Man, that's good. 
Be first to honor others by putting them first. Do not slack in your faithfulness and hard work. Let your spirit be on fire, bubbling up and boiling over as you serve the Lord. Do not forget to rejoice for hope is always just around the corner. Hold up through the hard times that are coming and devote yourselves to prayer. Oh my goodness. That is full of instructions for us. And so highlight. Here's what I highlighted. Love others well. That's good. That's like the great commandment. Love others well. Not just love others, but love others well. You know what Paul is saying. And so we're always on that journey. You know, you can love others, but every day, you know, even asking myself, how can I do it better? How can I do it better? Or identifying, you know, yesterday, what I did, that that wasn't loving at all. So God, you give me new mercies every day. How can I love better? Right? And then look at that second one, highlight despise evil. Despise evil. We don't despise people, but we can despise evil. You know, with some of the news, some of the headlines, things that, you know, tragedy here um, in America with school shootings, I, I despise that. Because that's evil. That's from the enemy. We can despise the evil and not the person. And then highlight live in true devotion to one another. To be devoted to one another. And here's a challenge. Pause this and look up the word devotion. Or look up, look it up on Bible Hub to see exactly what, um, and not, you might not find it on Bible hub. You can just use a regular dictionary to look and see where can I find this word? What does it mean to really be devoted to someone? And then highlight first to honor others, putting them first, just putting them first. And then highlight, do not slack in your faithfulness and hard work. Let your spirit be on fire. I love that. And then, you know, I was reading today in Genesis and it spoke to me when he says, don't slack in your faithfulness and hard work. You know, a lot of times we kind of, you know, I'll just speak for me. Sometimes you can shun hard work. But in the beginning, when God gave Adam the Garden of Eden, he was the curse wasn't working. The curse was that he would have to work by the the sweat of his brow. So working is not a curse. We should want to work. We don't want to be slack and all the work that God has given us from cleaning the dishes to, you know, developing our ministry gifts, all the work that he has given us to teaching our kids. And then Paul said, let your spirit be on fire. You know, we don't want to be in a lull and then highlight. Do not forget to rejoice. That's a good one to remember. You know, a lot of times with everything going on, all our obligations and responsibilities, you can just get overwhelmed sometimes. And we have to remind ourselves, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I choose joy. So Paul is telling us here, don't forget, don't forget to rejoice. And then I love his encouraging tone. Hold up through the hard times. Go ahead, put a smiley face there. If you're on your tablet, put an emoji there, heart that, do whatever you need to do. And look at that last, one of the last ones in this section from nine through 12, devote yourselves to prayer. That is so good.
devote yourselves to prayer. So we read this and we study God's word, but prayer, remember, I won't go into it long, but remember that prayer is not just us talking to God. A big part of prayer that I've learned in my life is me listening. I want to spend more time listening to God because he already says he already knows what you have need of but that does not mean we don't ask because he says in his word ask and it shall be given to you seek and you shall find knock and the door shall be open unto you but when we pray we we pray we speak to God we even think about the Lord's prayer there's so many ways don't let anybody define prayer for you other than God's word you know for instance I like to say the Lord's prayer usually every day if not almost every day, because I like to remember that or remind myself as a pattern that I want to hallow his name and that I want his kingdom to be first in my life and that I want his will to be done as it is in heaven in my life. And so we devote ourselves to prayer. And then we want to also, we want to take um, just that opportunity to just spend time with God to fellowship with him, knowing that he is the one that he keeps us and he will keep on keeping us. So listen to these quotes. Genuine service controls pride. The gift should be used to build up the body of Christ. You can write that down. Here's one from the Dakes Annotated Reference Bible. Put your life into service for God, whether or not you receive personal gain or applause. That is good. And then here's a, my personal paraphrase. Believers should be thankful for each other. Together, all believers can build Christ's church. Remember, he said, upon this rock, I build my church. That's you and me. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then here's another quote. Believers must always be careful that they use the use of their gifts does not lead them to unloving or evil motives, attitudes, or actions. We should consistently use our spiritual gifts to serve the body. We have been called, challenged, and equipped to serve the Lord. So we always want to make sure that we have good motives, good motives when we are actually using our gift. And so we're going to continue on. This will wrap up part one. If you are, um, if you have time, go ahead and go straight into part two. We only have a few verses, but for the sake of time, I wanted to give you an opportunity to just reflect so far on what you've heard to this point. You know, take a minute and just have a silent reflection. And then if you have time, go on to the next episode and we'll discuss again, again, be like the Bereans verses 13 through 20. So have a blessed day and I hope to catch you on this part two of this podcast, Romans chapter 12.